This is a more than just podcast production. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 363 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra, I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm also joined by Paul Hudson in Bath, England, and a little fellow just behind you. One of my dogs has just arrived straight away on, on cue, they just know somehow. Yeah. Yeah. They hear me talking to myself in a room somewhere, they think, oh, something's happening here, I can get a tweet out of this guy, he's, he's vulnerable. So how, how? So to me, they. I'm, I hate to say, it, but they, the Samoyeds, right? That what the breed is. They are. They are both Samoyed, uh So husky style dog. I look at them, and they're the same to me. So how can, can you can tell me which one this one is, right? Oh yeah, this is Aria. <laughs> Aria. Uh, she looks different to me, but she's the more needy one. She's the one who normally come in and, and demand treats at a scratch. Um, but I can yeah, tell them apart straight away. And I'm sure to be fair, it's same same for. You know, I think think about how they tell each other apart. They can probably tell each other apart a mile away, right? Oh, that one's got a bigger nose, smaller tail, different bark, whatever. Because to them, they're very different, right? It's just a, uh, it's how it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, we we talk about uh, the the dog when we walk the dog. We call it reading the nose paper. You know, they go around, they check all the the spots they where do, other, yeah. other males have peed, and they, they have to pee really there. Do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how much how much liquid my dog maintains just for walking purposes. <laughs> So what kind of treats does she get? I have a tin on my desk here. Dog yeah. treats. Oh, I see. Just and here, they, and they know it's there. There's a backup emergency one in the corner behind me next to the oh, iPhone. Oh, I see that. Yeah, yeah. And those are, those are liver treats, are they? Uh, we buy massive bags of them from Costco. They, they, we found, you know, you want to get the 100% meat ones. You don't want too much filling. And da, 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 da. Um, so they're, they're very carefully selected treats, but from Costco, having them on, which is great. So that's an interesting thing. I, I was thinking, I mentioned Costco the other day, because I, I work in a, in a um, cross country uh job now i work i work in toronto still and but i've i work with colleagues in chicago and i mentioned costco the other day and they didn't bat an eye so i I didn't know when when did costco come to the uk i have no idea uh we just go there and buy absurdly large bottles of ketchup and similar you know um everything's there is weirdly large still i mean that's a worldwide thing presumably uh so yes (laughs) yeah my wife and we don't really have a membership right now but but many of our family members and and friends and colleagues go there on i mean especially if you've got the minivan full of kids and you know uh, we don't have the we don't have those those uh um you know uh supply demands or What's the word I'm looking for? What do you call it in, in the army? Requisition? No. What is it? What are the? What's the the people who get the the things in the supply chain in in uh, the army called? I have no idea. All I know is they import masters of stuff. Oh, Quartermasters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys. Those guys. Cool. So you, so, um, you say Chicago? Is that because you're a spot hero now? I want to say. I am at spot hero. Ellen, yes. Ellen, Ellen's old place. I saw her complaining about the. If you want to maintain my old code, or see my old mistakes. Go and work with Tim. He's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Like when when you, I just took this, changed this job in in uh, July of last year, and one, I think one of the challenging things about any new job you take, I, I don't know when the last time you were worked in a, in a multi-user environment or multi-developer environment, is the code base and and what decisions they've made. You know, uh, when you join a company, you have to sort of you have to sort of buy into what they're doing before you can make major changes and that kind of thing, right? And um, I had forgotten, I think I, I vaguely remember, I got to ask Ellen about this, but I vaguely remember seeing her at a conference doing a talk wearing a Spot Hero t-shirt because I don't know why, it, when, I, when I was approached by them to join, I, had, I 
totally blanked on who they were. And I was in the middle of the process of, of going through the interviews and, and I think the offer was already made and I was just, I was making my decision. And then I noticed that her name was on the, on the repo. I'm like, Oh, this, this Uh-oh. is the place. It, it is one of the places in Chicago that Ellen worked. So, yeah. So, so I, but I knew that I knew I seriously, I knew the foundation of the code had to be good because she's that good a developer. Right. So she is very, very good. It's true. Yeah. And, and some of the talks that she's done over the years are, are about how she's been able to create tools for uh, designers to use. Like, I think early days she had like a mock app that they could go in and choose button styles and colors. And it was a really kind of cool app that she had she thought about doing. And because uh, I remember that was one of the subject of one of her talks, right? So kind of cool. Thing. Yeah, I remember one particular one. I can't even talk about it because it's so sweary. Um, <laughs> but the as a swear word in the title. So it gives you an idea oh, of the kind yeah. of talk she gets. And she's, she is quite... Uh, Blunt when she wants to be with her language, which I appreciate a lot. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't mince words. She's definitely, uh, definitely a, um, someone to follow. I, I've always enjoyed uh, my meetings uh, with Ellen. You know, we've, I mean, we've worked together on the Ray Wonder like stuff, so we've spent copious hours together, yes. which is great. And you're, you're in Bath, are you? I am, yeah, yeah, near Wales. Cool, yeah. I try and give folks in other countries guidance, otherwise they're like, ah, it's somewhere in England. Hopefully <laughs> nowhere Wales is, mind you. I don't always know they know where Wales is, but we'll, we'll see. Well, since we last spoke, actually, uh, as you know, my parents met in Bath, which is what we talked about the first time we, we had a podcast together. Um, turns out my uh, my nephew, who's also a Tim Mitra, Tim Mitra Holmes, he uh, lives in Bath with his uh, wife and his two boys. There you go. It's a small world, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he works in IT. He was, he was, um, he's actually an MBE. He was uh, working, he worked for the, uh, or he was a... Uh, officer in the Canadian army running a British battalion at one point. And yeah, he did such a good job to give him an MBE. He was in the signaling corp, which is the fancy way of saying IT, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, signals is hard work, you know? That's, that's oh, no, other, yeah. Other part of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So he went to the, it's funny because we have pictures, uh, famous pictures of my parents at the tea room that they met. It was, a, I guess, a New Year's Eve event. Oh. I don't know if they met there or they they went to this. It's one of the you know significant moments in my family's life, and so he and his wife Fiona went to uh, to hang out in the tea room in in Bath. I don't know, and check it yeah, out. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, um, I remember I had I had Sean Allen over, who's I think he's an East Coaster, but he lived in San Francisco for a while, and I, he tried to he asked me how I would pronounce Bath as a North North American person, I, as a, how I would imagine he pronounces Bath. If that makes sense, and I cannot do it. Really? I find it ex- yeah, yeah, a few words because it's like I, I end up going to like some weird uh, like Texan, like a bass kind of thing, you know, <laughs> yeah, really yeah. off the scale kind of American, as opposed to like a generic sort of Midwest. You know, well, to I be honest with you, I, I just listened to the, our episode we talked with Tammy uh, back in 2017, actually, just for a point of reference, uh, and and you had said bath, and I would normally say bath. I'm going to take a bath. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a challenging one. <laughs> the, the, the other one, one I find struggle, and this is a, a strange one, but it's true. Um, the 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 main sort of baddie in Star Wars for me is Darth Vader, but because in North America you hit the R sound right. much Darth stronger. Vader. Yeah, Dar yeah. Dar. Da, da, you got to bend your R and then hit the th- at the same time, which I find hard to do. Um, so the, the, those two words struggle. <laughs> well, my my son Jonathan, who's on on, on Spotcast with me, he always takes offense to the way I say. It. I used to. I, I've always said Han Solo as opposed to okay. Han Solo, which is right. the actual pronunciation. Yeah, Tammy yeah. used to correct me all the time on that one too. <laughs> it matters cool. to some people, you know. It matters. Yeah. And so you and I have bumped, we finally did meet in person back in, in SwiftEO, which is coming up. We're actually yeah. having our next 
in person in August. Yes. 2023. The first one was 2019, where you and I met for the first yes. time. And uh, conferences are back, so I, I, maybe we can segue into into what do you think about that line of reasoning? Oh no, it's great. I'm really I'm really glad to see it back. I mean, I, I can't go to Swift to you. I'm, I'm on vacation, sadly. I did it uh, consider consider going, but I couldn't make it this year. It's a difficult summer holidays. You know, it's my vacation time off. The kids are off school. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're we're out of the country, sadly, but. Um, I, it's going to be a great event. You know, the organizers there, they're so excited. You know, they, they really love being there and seeing folks together is always fun. Uh, I think Deep Dish Swift in Chicago again uh, was a massive success. You went, you were speaking at that one, right? Well, yeah, I saw that one actually. Um, uh, and it was just, you could see the excitement on folks' faces to be together again and just talking about code and, and projects and, you know, networking and stuff. And it worked really, really well. And, uh, after the, it was like a two and a half day event, Deep Dish Swift. And the first half day was indie stuff, indie talks, like making more money, get on the app store, da, da, da. And it was so good. People were telling me, listen, after this first half day, I've, I've had my money's worth. I can just go home now. And I've got my tickets value already. The fact that there's still two more days of talks to come, it's just incredible. And so uh, uh, Josh and, and Carrie and Susanna, uh, they really knocked it out of the park. They did a, a great job. So I think folks are glad these events are back again. Well, I mean, that's always been my favorite part of, of conferences in general is I, you know, for me, I mean, I, I, I literally got into uh, a job landed on my desk. I had to, had to solve it. So I, I just looked around. I had been going to conferences in publishing conferences like Seabold, things like that. I don't know if you remember those back in the day, but um, so I'd been to publishing conferences. And so I, that was, I kind of looked around, maybe there's a develop, mobile development thing. It turned out there was one in Seattle. So I jumped on a plane. And then while I was there, one of the gentlemen there suggested I go to WWDC, which I knew about, but I never really thought about going to. And to get in, you know, to get into a space with 5,000 other people who all are interested in exactly the same thing that I'm interested in. Yeah, was I <laughs> amazing. I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard the story about the uh, the Munchkins in the making of the Wizard of Oz. No. Um, that was the first time that you know little people had seen that many other little people in the same space. They were just having a great time. But the the, the I mean that was what it felt like. I mean to me, like because you know a lot of times we spend our time as developers in isolation. You know we're working. I mean literally you're working in front of a computer by yourself even if you're in an office with other people you've got the headphones on you get the earbuds in and you're focusing in on this battle you're having with xcode you know um and so a lot of us don't think about beyond our small groups of developers that we work with that you know there are that many people interested and i think that's one of the fabulous things about networking um when people ask me why i bother going to conferences 100 percent, it's the people yeah you want to be with your tribe a little bit right and you know, we spend all day around muggles uh, walking the, walking the streets who, yes. who, who, who use computers normally, right? <laughs> not 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 nerds. Um, so it's nice getting together and just and just geeking out. And uh, you know, my my brother is a massive fan of Transformers of all things. He loves Transformers. He collects Transformers. He bought me. You can't see up the behind my camera, but he bought me this. He tells me it's very, very important, very serious recreation. This is the best ever Optimus Prime model ever made. For my birthday once. He's obsessed with Transformers. And he goes to Transformers conferences and he's like, This is, I'm in paradise. Everyone wants to talk about Optimus Prime and stuff, Transformers stuff. And he loves it. He absolutely loves it. Like, I, I see the appeal, of course. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bit like my belief that uh, every subject is kind of fractal. The closer you look, the more you realize there is. And you look closer and there's more. You look closer and there's more. And you can get really, really into keyboards or uh, manga or Transformers. It's, it's, it's all fractal and all interesting. 
So, I mean, and, and, you know, I think one of the things that you're known for in the industry is, is in this particular, is, is Swift, right? And it's interesting, I was thinking about this, I, uh, when I was listening to reviewing the show earlier, um, as part of my research, of course, uh, 2017 is the last time we spoke on a podcast together, and that was two years before the introduction of Swift UI. Mm. Now, so that's obviously been for me. You know, iOS was a, was a game changer. The Mac in general was a game changer for me. But but um, how how are you now that we've had what four years of SwiftUI? How are you feeling about SwiftUI? Where it is, where it's going, how it compares to UI Kit and App Kit kind of stuff. It is so interesting to me that um, even today, you know, 2023 after 2019, I still sit down and feel a buzz of excitement when I make a new project in Xcode. I make hundreds every year. I make a lot of projects. And I like some, just like, just like other ones, so the way, but I make a lot of projects all the time. And I still, yes, I'm going to make something great today. And that is Swift UI. Because I haven't got to jump through all the hoops of building the UI kit stuff. And keep in mind, this sounds weird. I, I try to explain this to someone um, uh, at Deep Dish. They were getting a, a, a job and they're doing C in their job. And I'm like, whoa. So I, mean, I know C++. I learned at university years ago. And if I write C++ today, I still write the stuff I learned at university in 1998, 1999, 2001, where it was. I still write old C++. And they write magic, new, brilliant C++. Right? And when I, when I write UIKit, I still write old-style UI kit stuff, UI table view, self-row index path kind of stuff, when these days, modern UI kit looks like UI collection view or UI action-based buttons and da, 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 da. all these things that have happened since Swift UI, I've kind of left behind. So I'm, I'm, in my head, I'm still comparing it against, you know, storyboards, storyboards and zibs and IV outlets and all these other things that are still around today to some extent. But um, it's not really a fair comparison is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, I, I love Swift UI, but I know UIKit has improved since 2019 as well. It has moved on uh, better, but I still love Swift UI. And I really, that, that surprised me the most. The fact that I still sit down and say, this is a wonderful experience. That's hard to do. I haven't had that much in other languages, other platforms. The excitement. Yeah, it's funny. Like I, I've been, um, I've been working as an engineer manager for the last, you know, I don't know, s since twenty seventeen actually, so five years I guess. And I, so I don't in my day job I don't write a lot of code, like a lot of new code kind of thing. But you know, in my spare time I do I do uh, work st on stuff. And it's uh, funny that you know uh, the other day I had to do a proof of concept for um, something we were doing, and I went back to UIKit because it happened to be a framework that Apple isn't super clear. You know, I think you talked about this. We've talked about this before that Apple isn't super clear about new frameworks or how they they meld into other things. So I was trying to do a map kit thing in. In Swift UI, which isn't quite there yet, right? And um, so I'd, I'd gone back to, I went back to writing a UI kit app, and it's funny because, I mean, the, all the battles we used to have with, that, with auto layout and all that, uh, Xcode is much, much improved in terms of, uh, in terms of where that going, where that's going. Like you can, it wasn't a struggle like it used to be, you know, trying to get things to line up on the screen, you know, whereas I think what's nice about Swift UI is, is all that sort of nonsense is taken away from us. So we don't have to think about how do I wedge this, you know, button into this position and that kind of stuff, right? So. Yes, but there's now all new nonsense to think about. <laughs> so forget, the old, forget the old nonsense. This is all new, shiny Swift UI nonsense. Cause it's, there's, still, there's still battles to fight in there. You're like, how do I do this? thing it's hard to do i remember the very first time i wanted to do um a particle system 
in SwiftUI back in iOS 13, the first SwiftUI. Like, how do I do particles here? I've got to be able to statefully describe the description, the location of everything on the screen with animations. This is before Canvas was released, where you could just basically free draw stuff. That made it much easier. In 13, it was like, how the hell do I statefully describe every particle in the snow effect? That's hard to do, damn it. And you can get there eventually, but it takes a lot of thinking, a lot of planning. So it, it's, it's, it's about rewiring your brain a little bit, I find. Yeah, so I mean, like, uh, watch some. I mean, uh, you did a couple of li- live coding exercises. When we, we had a SwiftTO, um, we had a like a Zoom version of of SwiftTO. We I did, yeah, yeah. And you did a you did a, a session. I think uh, almost a full day, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, one thing I, I hadn't seen much, and that, that was the early days of, of you know X, battling Xcode. I think we were still on Intel, and you know there was a lot of like, let's just turn off the canvas view, <laughs> you know, let's just work with the Swift UI and we'll render it in the in the simulator, that kind of stuff. But last little while, I, I've discovered that there's a lot of magic to be done, like not so much as a coder, but as as dragging things from the library right into the canvas, and then having that dragging create the code for you in swift ui have you done have you thought about that or, or or demonstrated that to people at all or no not at all um one of the interesting things is that i very very rarely get these days any swift ui block like i'm not sitting here going how do i accomplish that i, I already know how to get there it's just a matter of typing quickly enough to keep up with my brain because i've done it in 20 other projects at this point. I've done it so many different things in so many different ways. At this point, it's just pulling in different jigsaw pieces in my head to get the result I want. Um, so it's just, I think drag and drop would interfere that slightly. If like, here's the Swift UI way of doing it. No, no. Where's my way? <laughs> this is the way I do things. Boom, in it goes. It'll just work and it'll fit together. And I know where I want to be. And Xcode doesn't necessarily at this point. Who knows? But Xcode 15 is coming out soon. <laughs> You're finding the battle between Xcode and, and yourself is sort of, the, or, or compiler and yourself are sort of gone? Like, you, are you gone? Are you down the road where you're writing, like, as Xcode would do? Or So, interestingly, I don't know what's changed. Sorry, Swift team. But 5.8 has been a real retrograde step for SwiftUI. Because it, it when, obviously, SwiftUI launched, it was terrible. The compiler really struggled. Result builders. Obviously, a massive difficulty, da, da, da. and you get regularly terrible error messages. You do sort of binary chop, delete half the code, still broken, delete half the remainder of the code, still broken. Aha, that's fixed it, and fix that one line, then roll it back again. Because it's always the wrong line number. That's back, um, and that's new as of Xcode 14.3. So, okay, somewhere so 14. between 14.2, yeah, 5.8 has triggered a real step back, step backwards in uh, 50Y error messages, which is a pain because I kind of rely on those. Um, so, so you know, everyone makes mistakes. You screw up a, a dot, run a comma, whatever it happens to be, you screw it up. Um, and I, you want a, a simple compiler error message to come out saying on line 33, and not having that's a pain in the backside. Uh, and right now, I'm, I'm actually uh, teaching a group of girls SwiftUI coding at my house, and they struggle. They make mistakes all the time, and Xcode just spits out useless error messages, uh, which is a problem. <laughs> That always seems to be the thing with with the the, the newer sort of versions of of I mean so I didn't realize that Swift five point eight was out already I thought we were still in five point six to be honest with you, but um, uh, and you're saying that's fourteen point three so you're it's not like you're getting the next version of Swift uh, and I forget how you do, you switch that in X in the preferences somewhere you can load up yeah the, next the, version. the tool chains yeah yeah tool chains that's the word I'm looking for yeah but you're not doing that you're actually this is the out of the box supposed out to be of the, the, box, the latest greatest plain vanilla stable yeah. Yeah, nasty, yeah. nasty stuff. And, and well, the Swift UI, and sorry, Swift Swift continues to evolve very quickly, very quickly, even even now, which 
is difficult because we're lots of years in now. Swift was 2014, okay? We're, what, nine years in now, approaching the 10th anniversary of Swift, and there is still huge changes coming in. And it feels a bit like, you know, folks don't see, but on my, on my behind me, I have um, the iPhone, original iPhone yeah. uh, decomposed. And yep. right behind me, I have the iPhone 10 decomposed. Right. To jump to the you know, 10th generation, the big remake of the iPhone. And it was. It was a huge breakthrough for the industry at the time. And it's still great. It feels like the 10th anniversary of Swift will be the same thing. You know, Swift 6 is coming next year, guaranteed. I'd be amazed if there weren't a talk in two weeks about pair your app for Swift 6, basically. Um, because it's going to break basically every project. Everything's going to break really? in Swift 6. Oh, I'm I'm convinced you'll get compiled errors. Have you, have you, have you looked at the stuff that's coming from Swift.org? Like, have I've, you looked I've at seen, the... I've seen, I've seen changing. Yeah, they're changing. Yeah. There's all sorts of the ways that things are behaving. Uh, mostly thanks to concurrency, they're enforcing rules much more strongly in Swift six, and so uh, they're working towards that. I think, and there'll be a talk this year. I suspect. I don't know. No idea. Of course, no idea. But I suspect there'll be a talk like get ready for <laughs> Swift six now. Do these things now. They'll work in five point nine, five point eight, five point whatever. They'll prepare for Swift six. So you haven't got so many problems with six hits, I suspect. But it's it's just frustrating because it, it's just we want to make software. We're not here to learn Swift. We're not here to learn languages and add features. We want to just build great things and and change the world. Question I have though is: Were you around for the Swift? Or, sorry, Swift. The iOS six to iOS seven transformation, where they got rid of all the skeuomorphic graphic and I was at WWDC for that. Yeah, I think I was too, but, but, and, and it was a, it was a huge paradigm shift. I mean, cause it, it, like we were having fisticuffs in the hallway at work, you know, kind of thing, like over, over the changes there. Right. So uh, we had to refactor yes. our entire, we, we had to, we had a release coming and we had to change, go back and rewrite all the code to manage is the user using a six phone or a seven phone and, and so on and so forth. And, and, um, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, as, as an artist, Trump Loy is, is something I love. I've been Draw, painting fake wood since I was a kid, right? Um, losing the skeuomorphic stuff was, was a heartbreaker for me. But hmm. So I, I guess the question, because there's one question I've been asking a lot of people lately, and this is around concurrency, actually, and that is, you know, we've got com we had combined for five minutes or so. It's still around. We've now got async await, which is something that was coming along. What do you think, what do you think is going to be, I mean, there's two parts to this question, and sorry about that. But the first part is, Apple last two weeks ago released Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro on the iPad. And they released a bunch of new accessibility stuff, right? Which basically, you know, by pre-releasing that stuff before WWDC, kind of leans towards the fact that WWDC is going to be massive. Have you got a sense of that? Or what do you think about that theory? Uh, no, I don't agree with it. Um, would you say last year's that was massive? It was, it was dub dub. It happened. Two years ago, what, two years ago was a big push on accessibility, right? Like that was sort of the, that was 2020. Well, well 2020, mm -hmm. 2022, 21, before yeah. WW last year, they released a big accessibility drop just like this year. It, it's gl global accessibility awareness day, I think it is. And they used that to pre-announce stuff for iOS, whatever. They did it last year too. Last year it was the reading out everything in FaceTime calls. So you could see text, speech to text straight away on your screen and someone speaking to you. That oh, was last right, year. Yeah. And it was the, I remember that it was a squeeze your uh, hand to control your watch stuff. <laughs> also, <laughs> yeah. also last year, which is honestly every year, I'm like, well done, Apple. Honestly, yeah, yeah. things I hadn't even dreamt of in a sci fi thing, you were just doing. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think that those announcements lean towards a big dub dub or not. Clearly, at this point, AR is happening. Um, the people that 
the biggest thing there is they're announcing they're announcing they're uh, giving invitations to reporters who do AR news. <laughs> come you, you arreporting.com or whatever you happen to work for come into the dub this year and see what we're doing which is you they would not do unless yeah. something big was happening they would and they've also handed out invites to they've handed out invites to nine to five mac to mac rumors people they normally kind of hate <laughs> are, are coming to double this year and so there's a big press contingent this year coming from non-core people they trust which is very unusual, and that's the big indicator. It'll, it'll be an AR here, which is fine. I look forward to seeing it. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, it's always interesting. I mean, I've, I've we've always said on our show here that Apple leads from behind. It's sort of like, and the thing about it is, like, you know, as much as you know, you can you can leak the the size of the chip and the amount of memory and the kind of screen it's got, but but it's not the things that apple releases it's how apple puts it together i think is is where the yes. magic is right it's it's the experience side of stuff that i don't think anybody can predict and and i've worked inside apple i've watched apple for many many years and it's always you can in spite of what gets released there's always a lot of wow moments in you know the, the keynote and in the state of the union once they once they open up the kimono and show us what's going on under the hood right sort of thing i i think people are viewing this as tim cook's legacy yeah uh, you know what he's he's like 63 or something now he wants to retire at some point presumably he's been there a long time now he can't stay forever clearly it's not a thing he's gonna leave at some point this is his chance to say i have changed the world and i know under his watch apple watch has happened i mean he was there during the iphone right he's been but not the head airpods have also been incredible the apple silicon really incredible stuff there are a lot of big things have happened during his watch this is the world changing stuff i think people are hoping for and we're gonna see and it'll, it'll be interesting because my brain uh naturally has no interest in the hype i have no interest i don't go for drama I don't go for hype i care about the technology what can i do with this thing and so i'll be like hey cool ar stuff where's the swift ui change logs <laughs> you know that's where our brain works i want to know what can i do now with this stuff and and you're right apple never really cares about the hardware internals and most folks have no clue how much ram their iphone has what speed the cpu no one cares really but we care what can i do with this thing and the answer is lots and lots and that'll be the thing for the ar headset if we can do lots and lots of it then it's gonna be a big hit i have a concern and i think you have the same concern perhaps you know i wear glasses yeah. And I, I, AR headsets basically suck. VR headsets suck. I hate them. Yeah. I've got the 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 Sony PlayStation thing. The, I forget what it's called. The PSVR. PSVR. Um, even in Rainbow Hudson. <laughs> um, and I play games. I had a great time playing games, but it's not a comfortable experience. So I'm kind of hoping Apple do something great there because they have this huge, huge, long-standing commitment to making things work for everyone. So I'm hoping. That we'll see something great for folks who have really bad vision like me. Uh, we'll see, but uh, we'll see. But I will be looking for. And I, <laughs> it's, it sounds so awful. It's. I'm sorry. I know folks working on this top secret AR stuff, and I, I feel so bad because I'm like, I think of that Twitter joke where they're like, oh, Twitter, and people want features. I don't know, like bookmarking, whatever. They want simple features, and, and, and Twitter are like, you know, uh, likes are now flops. Timeline goes sideways, whatever. And they uh, sort of are innovating in places, things people actually want when they actually just want basic stuff. And I'm like, well, I write code all the time. I just want a Swifty version of core data, please. That's, that's what yeah. I want, really. Yeah. I'm sure the AR headset's cool, but just give me a nicer version of core data. I'm sorry. It's, it's like I'm, I'm so anti-hype and so focused on delivering actual practical things. Uh, I will see. We'll see. I'll try it out. 
I don't know if you've ever looked at Objective C lately, but it's it's improved quite a bit, right? Like, and then, no, it hasn't. I mean, no, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. Well, <laughs> it has. It has from the point of view of how Xcode treats it. I mean, it's much more supportive of of of. We don't get those weird sort of uh, errors we used to get. But I mean, not that I work in Objective C. I I still have some apps that are in Objective C. I actually just I just updated one of my older apps last year to support you know dynamic type and large. I did the large font thing and and uh, more accessibility things like that and and uh, um, you know dark mode was was a challenge writing that in objective C if you can imagine right but it wasn't that hard to do and and you know the Xcode kind of played along and I don't know I um, Cordate is such an interesting one yeah it's one interesting one you've you've mentioned I, I don't know if you've seen Mark Moynikin's books that he does on the visual guides that he does mm-hmm, yeah. um, I've actually been going through like uh, step by step I've been doing core data since 2010 and I have learned a ton just in this this last little while just going through this book it's amazing but again it's still it's I think that the fact that they added in some of the new Swifty you know the the um, what do you call this uh, uh, property modifiers um that's the wrong terminal terminology for it but you know in swift you've got the modifiers right the at you know property Property wrappers? Property wrappers, that's what I'm looking for, yeah. And, but they added a property wrapper for for the, I think, the fetch controller, right? I may got the wrong name wrong. They, they have, but yeah, and that's a whole other It's argument, still whole under the hood, it's still all the nonsense, but I mean... It, it is, but my concern yeah. there is that you basically then tied core data directly to your view. You've got your view code has to use this property wrapper because you can't have a property wrapper anywhere else. It's got to be in a Swift UI view. And I don't want to have core data code in my views i wanted it somewhere else i can actually test it and work with it nope got to be in there so I'm like, okay ns fetch results controller da, 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 da. Uh, and I, honestly I, I i get why it's good but if you ask someone how how do i um uh make this thing just be in memory only okay well to do that you've got to get a container then find its persistent store description then read the first one then change its url to be dev null that's right. the actual apple way of doing it yeah how do you how do you tell me when there are updates available uh, uh, from iCloud? Oh, you've got to uh, get a source description. Find the first one. Uh, set the option to be true, but not regular true. True as an NS number true for the key. Massive long NS piston store option remote key da, 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 option key. Da, da, da. It's 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 vicious. And there are things that should be easy. That like that was cool. I mean, Cordata was cool. B-Bum and the team did a great job delivering Cordata back in the early 2000s. It was a breakthrough, but when Swift came along, we want something easier to use. And when Swift UI came along, we're like, this isn't good enough anymore. And it feels like we have Cordata and UI kit at the same level. And I want the same kind of abstraction over it, taking away all the gross stuff I don't want to think about. I don't I don't want to get, keep on getting emails from blind users saying, I cannot follow your project because the core data editor isn't accessible at all. They, they, cannot, they cannot use it. And they want to write code. They want to have control. I, I get you. I hear you. It sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I just feel like I'm fighting so many fights with core data at the same time. Uh, like just getting it to talk to CloudKit is so easy to screw up. So easy to screw up. It's like a checkbox. You have to check in the right place and then put the code in the right place and use the right class type. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, it shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't be this hard. Mm-hmm. So, so ideally, you like yeah. I think you explained what you wanted from 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 the core, a Swifty core data. If they made core data stay, keep the whole SQL like you know backing persistent store that are happening behind the scenes. Just expose to me the Swift UI equivalent wrapper around it. Make all the core to database async await aware. So I can't read and write SQL directly. I've got to actually use async await to read the result back. In theory, it should be click a button, 
It works in CloudKit because async await doesn't care if it's local or remote. It's async await. It's awaiting, 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 but it'll come through. That'd be just, yeah. That's a massive coordinator rant for you just there. Coordinator, <laughs> I've written so much of it and I'm sick of it. It has got so much better since it launched, but it's not good enough. They've got it's to actually root and okay. branch replace it. Yeah, true. Okay. Well, that's an acceptable answer, I guess. Um, it reminds me of, like, you remember Kathy Sierra from like 15 years ago, big O'Reilly author? Um, she did. Uh, she was the editor of the Head's first Head first oh, yes. series by right. O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, her and uh, oh, I forget her husband's name. Anyway, but but Kathy and Bert. She had a whole site called Headrush, um, and she got handled off the internet by terrible people. But she's excellent, and she said, "You've got to imagine your life or your what your workplace is as a, as a line of improvement from where you are to where you want to be. But at some point, you're going to hit this what she calls a big freaking wall." And the question is, how do you get beyond that wall? How do you go from yon, just make the high jump thing higher, 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 higher? How do you get a new target entirely? And core has been in the high jump approach, you know, jump higher, jump higher, and jump higher for a long time now. I'm looking for a, 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 a rethink, like Swift chart style. Here's a whole new framework. Wow. That's what I'm looking for. Go on, Apple. Yeah, you can no, do no, it. It's still time. Yeah, I think that was that was for me the, the cool thing. And you just remind me, I haven't had a chance to play with it much. And that's the Swift chart stuff. I think it was that was the new wow last year. I think right for a lot of people. Um, actually, I do I do want to just segue over to something. So you recently did a, couple, a week or a week in Canada. Two weeks, you were yeah. in Toronto for a bit. You went to Vancouver for a bit. So, so I did. Yeah. How how was that? And what did you, what did you find? Where did you go? What? So knowing that you're in Toronto, I'll, I'll think carefully about my answer first, shall I? Oh no, Canada, Canada we like very much. The kids loved Canada. They loved poking around, seeing things. It was safe. It was friendly. It was expensive. We were blown away by prices in Canada. Uh, the, the tipping culture is out of control. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I it's tipping absolutely everything. I even had was asked to be tipped at the airport, like where you, where you go to like the the fridge, pick out some sandwiches, pick out some chips, pick out a drink, then go to the checkout. And they said, what, how much do you want to tip us? I'm like, I did all the work. You should tip me. It, it just felt like a scam. <laughs> um, wow. So, uh, hmm. yeah, that was Toronto Piss, I think it was. Um, so it, it, it was expensive. Um, and Vancouver is gorgeous. We, we absolutely love Vancouver. We, I could see why folks want to move to Vancouver because going up to Whistler from there, everyone was saying, you've got to do this thing. It's beautiful. The Cedar Sky gondola thing. Fine. I, I get it now. We were on the road. It's like a bit drizzly, bit gray. Get the gondola ride. Thick, heavy snow. Like, oh, yes, this is perfect. Well done, Canada. Round of yeah. applause. You did a great <laughs> job. That's what it came for. Uh, and it's beautiful. And I, I like Toronto a lot, but the, the, there's a problem in Toronto and it's cars. You folks have too many cars. Yes, you have, we do. Like parking lot is your street. It just does not move for like yeah. rush hour. And we call it the Don reason, Valley parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Just have fewer cars. Everyone, <laughs> everyone else, <laughs> everyone else has get public transport, get a bus. You know, uh, uh, so it was, it was, it was odd seeing the. Uh, I mean, we were downtown. We were in. I'm going to say it wrongly. Young Dundas. Mm-hmm. Young, young and Dundas. Dundas. Yeah. Young, young and Dundas. We were yeah. near there, which is a great place to be next to Little Canada, which the kids loved. I loved it. Yeah. Great place to be. Big yeah. advert there, Big Little Canada. Great fun. Next was IMAX Theatre. Went to see the, the Super Mario movie twice. That was great fun. Nice. Uh, my my nine year old loved you were next to the Ed Mervish Theatre where they had Harry Potter. And she went mm-hmm. to see that. Goes, Harry Potter. Ah! Did she you go? that. Oh yeah, she's a massive Harry. We hadn't had no choice. We had, she dressed up for it. Well, she brought she brought her clothes anyway because she loves Harry Potter. That's how kind of fan she is. So we went wow. along to see the show. 
we went to you know St Lawrence Market and stuff, and we had a great time. And uh, but we were just blown away by the traffic. It was it was an odd experience. You couldn't get anywhere there. So yeah. No, that's true. When I when I moved back to like we used to regularly, you can imagine, um, like we have. I, I've tried to explain this to people outside of Toronto that we, there's a couple of roads we have where there are 16 lanes of traffic and nothing's moving. You know, across the top of the city, the the 401 we call it. Actually, my wife's father was early an early. He was a minister of, uh, of transportation. He actually did all that stuff. He was like the head engineer back in the day, mm. right? So we have we have plans of how much better it was going to be right (laughs) yeah well yeah it sounds great adelaide 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 oh gosh (laughs) yeah and then i mean so you know your your commute in the morning was was easily an hour both ways like you an hour in an hour home you know so when i came back to vancouver i said to my wife we have to find a house that is 15 minutes from where i want to go you know, and I mean, so that, I mean, like I, I'm fortunate because I live downtown, so I just take the King streetcar, which is surprisingly, you know, uh, efficient. Our subway is like years behind Paris, years behind, you know, um, New York, years behind most places. It's, it's sad when you think oh. about it. Yeah. The, the cars are definitely a problem in Toronto, but yeah. Well, I apologize. Sorry. I got to say sorry for that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great time. You know, the, the kids loved going to Longos. Oh yeah, <laughs> an, another place was it? Was it Farm Boy? I want to say something like Farm, Farm Boy. Yeah. Farm Boy. Farm okay. Boy. Okay. Yeah, again, similar thing. Like here's tons of fresh food, fresh vegetables, fresh uh, fruits. They loved it. They went wild and enjoyed that very, very much. Um, they they really enjoyed. I want to say BMV. Uh, it was a books store. Uh, yeah, I think it's BMV books magazines. The video, I think it was. But they, yeah, they, yeah, they look into yeah. the manga section there and check out all the manga there. We, they spent lots of money there. And we're going to Japan soon. They're like, no, we got the manga from Canada. It's better. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's it's a bad thing I have to say. I realize that, but they really like Indigo books. Um, I know it's like a nationwide big chain, big yeah. chain. It's like chapters, um, but they like States, that one yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's it's big, it's big, but they have some very uh, nice Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. It's like like... Barnes and Noble. It's it's like Barnes and Noble, but beautiful stores, like really nice. We were just sitting there and and watched like a little family playing chess. Someone else, sort of little kitty sized basketball thing, having a nice time and enjoying the experience. That was very good. So I like that a lot. Um, And we also went to uh, to Toronto local Mabel's Fables, uh, which Mm -hmm. is a lovely place. It's a bookshop. I couldn't tell you where it is. I, I, I. to North Toronto somewhere, but they've got Mabel the cat in the window, and you can it's full of kids books upstairs and stuff. So we we tried the small ones, not just the big big chains as well. Yeah, we had yeah. a good time. Well, we you a, we were you were time. right down in the sort of touristy area, Young and Dundas, Eaton Center. That's that's where we send the tourists. But so next time you come so, back, yeah, I, I was annoyed. I was annoyed because I wanted to go, I couldn't quite find it to the place, the place at the Eaton Center where the Why Are You Closed Man was filmed. Remember oh, this okay. video. No, like I don't know f- that one. Fifteen years ago, it's 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 just a guy. It's a guy just going, "Why are you closed? Why are you closed? <laughs> I, we want to shop in the Eaton Center. Why are you closed?" Yeah, and it's it's, it's, a, it's an odd video. But then some kids run up behind him and sort of press their face against the glass and sort of make fun of him a little bit. And it's 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 funny. And someone even made a. a a rock remix they play guitar along with him right, right. shouting while closed it's an iconic place for me and my kid my eldest do- uh, daughter so i want to go and see that i missed it dadly next time yeah i'm sure back. you probably could have found uh i mean we, a lot of movies and stuff like that are filmed here in, in toronto too like uh um i i just down the street from where the i don't know if you've ever seen the, the tv show orphan black um sci-fi oh. i think it's anyway that i live right beside the the hospital that stood in for that and and there's lots of lots of play i mean they film you know you know the boys from i think amazon prime 
it's a sort of a marvelous kind of um really irreverent show anyway they, they film it just down the street from my one of the houses is, is one of the in that show is you know one of my neighbor's houses right so that's what cool. we get I, here is old stuff we get like, like bridgerton's filled in bath for example um, right oh yeah they film like vanity fair or, or if they want to have a sherlock holmes scene set in the past they'll do it here uh it's usually what we get here so one of the things we talked about when we first met was was the the amount of books you've written and uh at the time i think you were it was just hacking with swift but now you've got the the swift ui and the macbook and stuff like that but i was doing a little bit of looking around at, at did you know there's there's if you go to goodreads and you look up paul hudson do you can, can you guess how many books are listed on goodreads there are quite a few paul hudson sadly yeah, I was going to say. I was talking to yesterday to uh, Michaela Karen, who's like, you've got a slightly more unique name than me. <laughs> There's no, like, no email. I get a lot of emails by accident thinking I'm some other Paul Hudson. Are you a, a weather presenter? Yeah, you're a weather are guy. You, you weather a, guy in UK. A weather yeah. guy or a Star Wars guy or something. I was like, no, no, I'm just Paul Hudson, some Swift guy. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, co- a common name. Um, two so it wouldn't surprise me if there are. Yeah. Two Swords stands out slightly. That's true. Although yeah. someone else got that. I'm really annoyed. Someone's got that on um, TikTok, I think. I took two straws. Why would you choose two straws? What? A person chooses two straws. So I, the yeah, kind, the kind that drinks their liquid with two straws. That's the kind well, of guy. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the kind of guy <laughs> there, right there. Yeah. Uh, but no, I've, I've never looked at good reason in my life, in fact, I don't think, sadly. So I was, I was doing a bit of research, and it's funny because I went back and listened, like I said, I listened to the Tammy interview just before I was walking the dog this afternoon, and he found some nice metrovol, and it was really exciting. But um, 82 titles that I could... I'm pretty sure are close, but it's like, uh, oh, some of the funny ones were, um, the, some of the classical Greek and classical Latin stuff that you wrote by making something, e- making Phaedrus easy or something like that, or those right. are yours? They're mine, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess those are They're early. Mine. Yeah. No, no, no. I did that uh, <laughs> only, what, 10 years ago, maybe? I, I have a, I have a master's degree in Greek and Latin. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. That's why I, I <laughs> so, went there, right? Uh, yeah. I'm a massive, massive fan of Greek and Latin. In fact, my daughter's doing Greek and Latin at school, and uh, she has a lot of help with the homework because I enjoy it. <laughs> well, as a follow-up, we were talking about the, the... You had mentioned that you did an app for yourself in on Greek and Latin, and, and is it still a, a popular download on the App Store? Or? It still makes about $1,000 a month, so not really. That's no, crazy. But... Well, you know what? I mean, uh, for, for most indie developers, that's a good good income, right? Well, yeah, and it, it's it's all Objective C code, and I can probably bring up the code here on my, my computer machine. It's it's not even new Objective C code, right? It's yeah. all Objective C code at this point. There's things like at synthesize in various places. Oh, nice, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yes, um, I do. <laughs> so, so, and it, it hasn't been changed. It doesn't doesn't support iPhone ten. You know, it doesn't go full height of the screen at all oh, so really? it hasn't had any changes now for about six years and it still makes a thousand dollars every month um, so you still so have I the two black bars really, at the top of the you have yeah. adjusted for the and apple yep. hasn't given you grief over that nope because wow. what are they going to do it's it's the most popular app in that field they can root from the store and make make everyone angry that may be why it's untouchable because I, I know for a lot of us, uh, if we if we leave our apps alone Correct. for too long, they'll go in and say, you know. Correct. In fact, one of my one of the games I wrote with my my grandson was taken off the store because we we just couldn't get around to fixing it or updating it. It's it's a balance for them, right? If there are no downloads and it's updated, fine, leave it on there. If there are lots of downloads, it's not updated, fine, leave it on there. But if there are no downloads or few downloads and it's not updated, they're gonna they're gonna get you after you pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say I'm amazed. That, I'm amazed that they even bother at that level because I mean, there's so many apps on the App Store. I I get lost even looking for my own things, right? So. The thing is, because the app is still the standard for uh, undergraduate 
classic students right if you, sure, you go to yeah. you know princeton for example you want to uh study latin they'll recommend this app to you it's i know it's popular at uk universities as well uh, which is great every every september i get a massive surge in sales i wish i had time to invest in making it better but i just i'm too busy doing other stuff cool so so like the other podcasts i do have this section of the show where i like to ask weird questions to sort of get you to sort of reveal things you hadn't even thought about uh, are you good do for it. time do you have to uh i have time i i've been out to see a film already today so i am i am done for the evening oh yeah so you were telling me about which which film did you go and see today uh i'm not sure what it, it was really bad film so really i'm i'm not big on uh what i consider to be fairly vapid films so mm-hmm. any kind of superhero any kind of action film i went to see fast x oh. and I was so bored. I was so bored. I was just like, oh, another fight scene, another explosion, another car scene. Let's stop for a race for a bit. And it just felt like it's been written by a five-year-old boy. Like, here's all the best things I want to cram into my movie. Um, I'm sorry if, if folks listening and they're Fast and the Furious fans. I'm sorry, but yeah, it did not. It don't did worry, not work I'm not. I'm not one either. I've not, I don't think I've ever seen even even one of the movies. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces, but yeah. I saw the first one. And yeah. then two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I never saw, so I jumped straight to fast because I, I thought, well, now the little ones on a, on a, a sleeper, we can go out with the big kid for a while, have a daddy daughter mummy night, and then, then that went to see this film and wasn't great. So what did anyway, she think about the movie? She loved it because it's explosions and it's fights and it's guns and it's explosions and fights and guns and then turbocharged cars galore and helicopters and stuff. She, she enjoyed it. But so I, no I kind of want to go see the Barbie movie. I hate to say that out loud, but you oh, know, go I, for it. <laughs> that looks good. That looks good. I, I'm down for that. Yeah. Last week I went and saw the Blackberry movie. I don't know if you've seen the, the Canadian, the story about the Canadian Blackberry folks and, mm-hmm. and the whole no. early, it, it, that just came out in early in May. So I went, I went by myself to see that one because I can't imagine anybody else, but I, it's like reliving the, the use of that. I mean, that was what I was using just before the iPhone came out was a, I had a Blackberry. I was running my business off that thing. But anyway, if you're seated comfortable, we can get to the questions. Please First one is, on. And initially, some of these are actually the Marshall Proust questionnaire questions, and then some of them are more fun from some TV shows that I watch. But the first okay. one is, the first one is, what is your motto? Why do people come to Paul Hudson or Two Straws or Hacking with Swift? So uh, what I say is that programming is an art. So don't spend all your time sharpening your pencils when you should be drawing. That's right. my personal motto. I think about that one a lot. That's great. I like that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, who are your heroes in real life? I mentioned Kathy Sierra. If I can't mention Kathy Sierra again, I'd be cheating. Uh, a woman called Mary Beard. Mary Beard is a uh, doctor of classics. Actually, she's about to retire. Or has retired recently uh, at Cambridge. She's a don at Cambridge. She wasn't at Cambridge. Uh, teaching Latin. And uh, she made the triple fatal mistake of being uh smart online and female uh, right. which of course is a, a crime to some people apparently uh but she endlessly fought her corner endlessly stood up and said the right thing and i've got a lot of respect for uh the amazing charisma she has her extraordinary brain power and her genuine warmth we meet her in person she's really really nice yeah I, I actually follow her on twitter because I, I, that was your oh. choice on on roundabout fm too there you go i do love uh, her it's true what is your most treasured possession? Oof, goodness me. You know, I, I, I take weird uh, liking to things. And I've, I've, I see a therapist every week. It took me a year to realize I had some very, very deep um, mental connections to things that, uh, that, that would 10 years ago be called ADHD. We don't do it anymore. Um, mm. I have like a favorite everything. 
And it's, I'm hard to be around sometimes. Like I have a favorite spoon. I have a favorite glass. <laughs> I have a favorite this, that, and the other. And it's, it's odd. It's odd. It's in my brain. I didn't even realize I had it. I talked to the therapist. I'm like, well, you have a favorite? Oh, yeah. I've got a favorite. What? That's, that is weird. Why do I have a favorite spoon? Uh, so I have a lot of treasure possessions. Uh, if I were to narrow down just one, looking behind me, because I keep, I keep some things just out of reach just here. Yeah. Um, it's going to be this. I'm just going to grab this for you, actually. Let's, let's, can... Sure. <laughs> it's going to be this. Okay. This is. A license, it's a license plate, plate. A, yeah, yeah. A license plate, and it was my dad's. Oh, uh, he nice. passed away. He passed away last year, and so um, I, I look at that and I keep it next to my desk. It's just there, so I can see it regularly, and it gives me a, a little reminder regularly of who he was and what he stood for and what he taught me. So I keep that close by. That's great. That's a good one. Good one. So, what is the best sandwich? You know, I'm a uh, big sucker for a sort of cheese and onion i quite like strong cheese and strong onion together i think it's incredible um i have not had one for a while i try and reduce my uh intake of animal stuff i'm not vegan but i try hard to be uh and so i've come off that (laughs) by a long long way but if i could have one that's what i'd choose all right apples or oranges uh, uh, oranges. I had a massive biking accident a few years ago and lost the front tooth that be replaced. And so biting into an apple it always gives me a bit of fear. Will I, mm. will I break the tooth when I bite into an apple? So I, I eat it sort of like cowboy style with a knife these days when I have to eat an apple. Yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, I actually cut them in quarters, just like I do with pears. Hmm. Have you ever asked anyone for their autograph? Yes, I have. Easy question. <laughs> and would you care to share with the, who you may have asked? Uh, well, so it's a, a not particularly f- famous person. Uh, his name was Tom Holland. Uh, he's a, a very, very good writer. He does a lot of historical, not fiction, but I guess you call it popular history, where he injects some personality into telling the history tales he's telling. Uh, and his most famous book is called Rubicon. I highly recommend the book Rubicon by Tom Holland. It'll make you fall in love with Roman history. It's hmm. exciting and thrilling and, and mostly accurate as well. Um, and I've met him a few times. I actually made that for him once. Um, but yeah, I asked him for an autograph on Rubicon, in fact. It's that good a book. Cool, cool. Yeah, I have, I have quite a few uh, autographs that I've asked for people. And, and one of the ones that I like the most is uh, at WWC, the first time I went, I met Bill Atkinson and I had him sign my badge. Oh, very nice. So which yeah. double was that? It was a while ago, presumably. 2010, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 2010, what I want to say? The numbers are so high these days. I have 16. 17's coming out soon, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was the iPad had just come out, I think. It was uh, 3.5. I think 3.5 was the first iPad OS. It was a 3 for phone and then 3.5. That's the year they changed. Uh, yeah, my 3, 3.2, but yeah, about then. Yeah, I remember. I think that's the, change, the year they changed the name from uh, from iPhone OS to Correct. iOS as well, right? And I think Correct. they dropped the Apple. Was that when they dropped the Apple computer? Anyway, they became Apple Incorporated. Anyway, cool. Which living person do you admire the most? The not married bird or Kathy Sierra. Right. I guess, I guess it's <laughs> kind of a repetitive question, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're both very much alive. Oh, okay. um, uh, I am a massive fan, and I've told this to her to her face. She knows I am, of Erica Sedun. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Erica is, of course, she's very, very funny, and she's lovely in person. She's dazzlingly smart mm-hmm. i think she she's she's dr erica right she, I think, I I, something like erica. that yeah 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 uh, she looks like miss marple but she's brilliant she, well she well miss marple's brilliant too <laughs> she is <laughs> yeah. da- dazzlingly clever and never ever ever makes you feel small about not knowing something she is just so 
warm-hearted and i wish i wish i wish more people had the chance to meet her I mean, she's still around but not really on the, on the ios circuit so much anymore because she's just so nice she makes you feel genuinely loved and appreciated and i i wish i could be much much more like her in terms of not only the towering intellect but also the genuine uh warmth just exudes yeah i got a chance to meet her at, the, at those conferences i went to in 2011 i think she was like a mc kind of thing for one of them um but i uh i also have i think i have i think i have an auto auto layout book by her and a couple i think a swift style god she wrote a swift style i love her swift style. so i actually wrote to pragmatic program and saying listen can i just buy the swift style guide can i just buy the, the can i just buy the whole rights off you and give it away for, yeah give it away for free online and my plan was give it away for free online i want everyone to read this book they said no I try. I should try again. I'll try again. But my biggest re- biggest regret actually with Erica is I never got to meet Erica and Daniel Steinberg in the same room at the same time because they're both lovely people, both very very smart, and I want to see them together. I want to see them talk and jam and just hang out and talk and just be there and listen to what they're talking about. I want to do that, and I've never had that chance. Sadly, it may never now. Sadly, mm, yeah, I've I've met them both, but not in the same room. But um, what is the most used app on your phone? Oh, I can probably tell you that. I'm not sure. Well, is it? There, oh, there is an oh, app for oh. that too. Yeah, you can go into system preferences and have a look. Oh yeah, that's that's lazy. I think you're actually looking at figuring out by hand. Is it what is it under battery? Would it hide it? It's under uh, screen time. Oh, screen time. Yes, oh, screen time. Which is there? Boring, 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 boring. What is it? Uh, downtime activity. There we go. It's boring stuff. Nothing interesting, I'm afraid. <laughs> it's all social media stuff. The the only one that isn't that, that isn't obvious. Um, is uh, Fantastical, which I love. Uh, my wife finds it very hard to use and always gets it wrong. I got a lot of reminders at 3am in the morning on the wrong day. <laughs> but uh, the I do like their app very much. Like they, they put a lot of love into that app, which I appreciate a lot. They've done a, a very good job on that app. So if you hadn't looked at your phone, what would you say? What would you think? I would, have thought, I, would have, I would have thought Twitter. I was right. It was Twitter. Um, only because I have no self-control. <laughs> like on 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 desktop i use um jeff's thing stop the madness the twitter hack he made it basically strips out all the crap from twitter that you don't want to see so you, you don't you don't see all the junk in twitter all the for you nonsense which just full of just racist bile whatever's going popular right these days um and i'll phone haven't got that anymore you have to, have to it's just there and you press the home button you sort of see for you or you see the usually under search it's like random videos I just sort of waste a lot of time in that, which is stupid, stupid, stupid. I need to put some sort of uh, uh, screen time blocker in for that, I think. It's reminding me. Sure, I use Twitter again, again, again. Um, uh, so I, Ivory is good for that. And, you know, there's Blue Sky now as well. Um, and it's not Twitter, which is its main advantage right now. Yeah, I'm finding like the, 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 the I find the community, especially the iOS community on Mastodon much nicer better than than twitter i mean i'm the same way i uh, linkedin twitter and uh ice cubes i think i use for mastodon i mean those that's sort of my my newspaper right um i just go in there to check in see how how the world is doing and i spend a fair amount of time in facebook because that's where all us old old folks hang out right um I, i i use mastodon a fair amount i don't enjoy it I think I follow more weird people on Twitter. I, I don't follow many people intentionally. I try and read every tweet. I try and actually read what people are saying, what they're doing, and so I can keep abreast of what my friends are doing elsewhere in the world. So I, I don't follow many people. And a lot of the, the weirdos, the fun, 
wacky people out there haven't moved to mass on the set on Twitter, sadly. And so I have to go to Twitter quite a lot to go there up to basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, if, you, if I had to think about what I would go to, I think I open IMDb a lot too. I mean, my, the photo app obviously is one thing I'm in there all the time, but I think I, I watch a lot of movies and watch a lot of TV and I want to find out the backstories behind things. So IMDb would be something I would use a lot too. Hmm. Um, pretty sure I know the answer to this one. Cats or dogs? <laughs> we had both. We, we had, had a cat. He passed away last year, but I prefer dogs. Um, and he was lovely, a good cat. We learned after five years, maybe, but less than that, four years, that I am deeply allergic to cats. Uh, oh, and he got okay. worse and worse and worse and worse. He lived, he lived to 18 years old. He did a good old life. Uh, and I was on lots of medication at the end to try and keep the breathing problems and the skin problems away. Uh, and uh, he's gone, and uh, I am breathing better, which is nice. Nice, yeah. I have a HEPA filter that I put in during COVID, which has been really helped with, with uh, the air in, in the house. Um, you know, one of those, and it sits in the corner. It looks like it looks like a big giant drum, and it's got a big filter on the bottom. Um, yes. I was looking at this question, where to go? Oh, what words or phrases do you overuse the most? I don't use overuse any words or phrases. I love them all, and I will use them happily again and again and again. There is no such time enough. I cannot say boom or brilliant enough i love saying boom i love saying brilliant i'll carry on saying the day i die um, i'm not abusing them i love them as exactly as they are now it's funny though that's that's another UKism. brilliant for example you know i don't i don't think i mean i occasionally will say it but i think i don't think we use that word as much as as you brits do no but it, that's it's quite fun that people like when they go through the 100 days course or whatever they, they watch a lot of my videos and they, they pick up the way i speak in my speech patterns oh, nice. yeah. and they've said when they when they they do Swifty Y, they can almost hear me speaking about Swifty Y in my voice as they're typing stuff in. Boom! Nice. Brilliant! Nice one! Whatever. It's, it's like, it just, it, and I like that. It's, it's, a, it's a variation. And, and uh, I, I think it, it's, uh, I think it, it lets some personality shine through. I think thanks to things like uh, Game of Thrones or every Hollywood film for a long time, people hear a British accent and think of a various thing immediately. Oh, this guy's going to be smart or boring or intelligent, whatever it is. And actually it's having some personality come through and saying, actually, I'm just a guy with kids and dogs just talking how cool Swift is and Swift UI. I really enjoy it. Um, it's nice. And that, I wish, actually, if I could change one thing about Apple, that'd be, that, that'd be it. Let more personality shine through because uh, last year they invited me to the developer center to do a little video recording of what's new in Swift UI for iOS 16. I delivered the entire thing live coding in one take in an hour. And um, it was me going, this is brilliant. I love this. Oh, wow. And it's things like, you know, <laughs> I can now say uh, color.blue.gradient and get a gentle blue gradient. Like, I love this. It's just, yeah. I want to use, and, and I want that to shine through. Right. Because they love right. it too. They love it. Right. They love it as much as I do. They love it more than I do. They're making it, right? Just yeah. let that shine through. Let folks show how genuinely excited you are about this cool thing you've made. That's my entire shtick. And I, I do actually love it. So, hmm. so I did uh, the, 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 que the question I was going to ask you, and I asked you this on, on Roundabout. I want to see if it's the same answer, but what is your favorite word? <laughs> favorite word? Yeah. I had an answer the last time. You did it. It was it was it was something about something that some parliament guy had said. It's a mashing of <laughs> Latin. That, here, let, me, let me explain. Let me give you the definition first, right? <laughs> oh no, you, you please get, crack on. You do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you, but, you said it was. It had. It had. It was a way of saying something that to make something sound like it wasn't as important or influential as it is, and and it was a mashup of I think I believe a bunch of conjugations of Latin. It was like flappy, yeah. lappy, lappy something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's floxy knocking the helipelification. 
Um, yes. It's a stupid. I said that really. That's yes. Snobby. Yeah, yeah. That's really deep, deeply snobby. Um, <laughs> no. So it's it's a it's a bit of a running joke amongst um, uh, schools that teach Latin, where they keep keep increasing number of words together to mean nothing, 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 nothing. Application. That's what it means. So that's that's not um, uh, my favorite word. <laughs> I said that. Oh, good grief! Pass me sucks. Pass me the <laughs> word. <laughs> All right. Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, or Babylon 5? I, between the last podcast and now, I watched all of Babylon 5 for the very first time. Really? And mm. I kind of didn't co-watch it with, but I was messaging the entire time with a massive Babylon 5 fan. Someone mm. who loves Babylon 5 down to her bones. And uh, I was like, why are you doing this? What's happening here? Why this? And she's like, oh yeah, I know, I know. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Because um, Babylon 5, I did not get on with it really, ultimately, sadly. Uh, I did not, it did not click in my head. Uh, Star Wars, I genuinely don't get on with. I mean, I, I kind of watch it and go, that's nice, but it's just a cash cow at this point of things being beaten out of it. So I don't watch the films, don't watch TV series, haven't seen the Mandalorian, haven't seen Book of Boba Fett, haven't seen Andor, haven't seen anything. I only watched the films because I thought, well, I've, I've watched the first three, I have to watch the rest of them now. <laughs> the completion has kicked in there a little bit. Um, you don't have to watch them. I, I, watched, I watched Solo last year, that was quite good. Solo, Solo. I, I, watched, I watched Rogue One last year, yeah, uh, the re-release. Yeah, I like that. That was good. That was a good film. I watched an IMAX re-release in New York with my with my kid. We so if I if I can pitch, I mean, and not to influence your answer, but Andor is the prequel <laughs> to Rogue One, and it's it's excellent no. TV. Excellent no. TV. No, no, I'm not doing it. I refuse to I, do I'm it. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Don't get me wrong, but but you know, like, like I mean, there's there's a stormtrooper behind me here, but you know, like, um, no, Andor Andor is is far and away hands down above. The writing, directing, the music, everything. Okay. It's, it's, it's right. a, amazing television. All right. I'll upgrade you to a maybe, okay? Okay. <laughs> or from no to maybe. The answer well, is Star you, Trek. You got to remember, I used to work with Tammy. <laughs> Tammy still hasn't watched Red Dwarf, I'm sure, right? <laughs> um, so I have, a, I have a list on my phone of, of TV series I need to watch. And, and, okay. and it's, it's long, and they're all considered great TV. And sadly, Andor's not on there. But I'll, I'll put a maybe on that one, okay? The answer is Star Trek. I like most Star Trek. I'm a massive Deep Space Nine fan. I like Next Generation. I loved Picard Season 3. That was really, really good TV. Um, I I quite like Discovery. Discovery is very good, mostly. Uh, occasionally, it gets a bit lost in itself, and, and the plots get increasingly far-fetched. Uh, but there's, there's good acting. I love the actors in there. I love the characters in there. Um, didn't like Enterprise. Love Voyager. So, yeah, it's a mixed bag. Have you seen Have you seen Strange New Worlds? I have not, no. So I've just, like, last month finished watching Lower Decks. I loved that. that was... Lower Decks is great. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. And, and there, I was talking to my brother who, who told me to watch it. I hadn't seen it for years. And he said, oh, you'll watch this thing. Watch this. I watched it. And we were chatting about, about the, the, the episode where they go to Deep Space, Deep Space Nine. And they kind of fly by a bit. They play a theme. And like, just keep flying by. And they play a theme again. Loop the theme again. And it's just so deeply irre irreverent of Star Trek's, mm -hmm. you know, Copyright, universe. trademark, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Universe. It just it laughs in the face of much of Star Trek, and I, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, and so I'm going to watch Strange New World soon. The reason I haven't is because my brother says it's good enough that eldest kid can watch it as well. So I might try and watch mm. her. So I'm holding off a little bit so she, she likes it or not. Because it's a hard problem. Where do you start? Because Star Wars is like fine. Watch four, five, six, one, two, three. You watch the. What's the not a chainsaw cut? The the one they say watch it in this exact order. Oh, uh, the or, ma mass. Yeah, it's the name for it, right? It's like four, five, one, two, 
yeah, yeah, three yeah. six, whatever it is, right? Uh, yeah. Anyway, there's an order, right? In yep. Star Trek, you're like, well, no one's going to watch the original series these days. I've watched it. It's awful. <laughs> she wouldn't even watch the, the Next Generation because it's too old, I think, at this point. Too many bad, too many bad episodes, right? It's before yeah, yeah. BS, BSG happened. It's right. all sort of classic, classic six episode, episode Trek. Um, and so where do you start? And he thinks just jumping at the new one, jumping at Strange New World. So that's why I haven't watched that yet. So that's the long, the long answer is that. The short answer is Star Trek. <laughs> also, I don't, do love Doctor Who too. I love Doctor Who. I've got a little TARDIS piggy bank on my desk here. If I'm collecting my yes. coins in. Doctor Who, yeah. Are you excited to see Doctor T- or David Tennant come back for a couple of episodes? I, I am. I love David Tennant. He's obviously amazing. Um, I'm looking yeah. forward to Shuti Gatwa coming in as new Doctor. That'll be exciting and a, hopefully a very new direction for the show. Yeah. I, I, I did enjoy Jodie Whittaker. Um, and to be fair, I, I like them all. I'm, I'm, I'm very easily pleased, right? You yeah. know? I, I haven't seen much who I don't like. One, one of the, uh, one of the autographs i have i met matt smith i w- walked into a, a sci-fi conference we have here in toronto I was going to meet my my kids and and i went in the wrong door and he was sitting at a ta- at the autograph table and there was nobody there so i oh, ran wow. across to a table bought a picture of him as doctor who ran across the thing and paid the whatever it was to get his autograph and and i forgot to say i really enjoyed his portrayal as prince philip in the crown you know Which had just <laughs> come off that huh <laughs> I haven't seen that either. Sadly. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, I was. I got him to write. Uh, you know, fezes are cool on my on my autograph. So he was very very good, and, and it was it was he was a reason why I struggled with Peter Capaldi at first mm-hmm. because Smith was so upbeat, funny, and mostly stupid sometimes too. Did stupid yeah. things. Yeah. Whereas Capaldi was deadly serious sometimes. Well, he was you punk. Know? I think he was. I think there was a bit of punk in him, right? That punk. It, it, exactly. But I, yeah. it, I, I didn't see it first. But because... grumpy, he came off grumpy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. After Smith, it was like whoop, right the way down. When I rewatched it, knowing what was coming. Oh, okay. Then I appreciate. Then I appreciate Capaldi. I watched the whole thing again after with with a thirteen year old now, and I liked him much much more. But I, I struggled with Capaldi at first because that jump was so big. And it's interesting seeing Whitaker back to being quirky and weird again. Hey, fam, whatever. Um, Injecting sort of Matt Smith's comedy back into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, Day of the Doctor was a good, good episode. That's one where the two Doctors meet each other, Tennant and and Matt Smith. I think it was done before Whitaker became along. Came along. Was that the big? That, was that the movie? The movie one. It was a Christmassy one. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we we get them on but, TV. I think it might with, have been with, in the theater. But with um, it had the bad, bad, bad wolf and and um the War Doctor in it. Ridiculous War Doctor. Yeah, ridiculously famous. Yeah. It wasn't Ian McKellen, was it? Who was it? Uh, Ian Holt? Ian... No, I know who you mean. He's John, the guy from Alien, the one that had the, the, the alien bar- burst out of his chest. He was the War Doctor. I don't remember. Anyway. Now we have to look it up. <laughs> I know, exactly. Um, uh, it, it'll anyway, come yeah, to me. So it, it, John Hurt. Right. John Hurt. That's who it was. We, we, can, now, we can now end this podcast in, in peace because we know, there you go. know what it is. So, uh, who was also excellent. But yeah, so that, that was actually, a, it was recent movies at theaters over here. You could watch it live in the theater, which I did, which is, which is very, very good. Great, great episode. So two questions left please what number am i thinking of 13 oh you were so close 13 and a half <laughs> no no you i'm not going to tell you it's just but you 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 were you were within one let's just put it that we'll leave it there 12.9999999 is 13 <laughs> yeah okay describe the rest of your life in five words no more kids never again <laughs> <laughs> you just described my life <laughs> we we've uh, uh, some folks like big families. I like having two kids. Two kids is enough. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, I, I, I'm very tired some days. Yeah. Family work alone. You know? 
I can imagine. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, we're, we're at the point now where we have three grandchildren and thankfully they go home, which is, I think, yeah. you know, they, they come and stay for a bit, which is nice, you know, and they, they sleep over and things like that. And they come, I now have big ones. That, I have one that can drive us. We give him the keys to the car and we sit back and, you know, he drives us around and, you know, um, and he helps me with, with fixing the house and things like that. But yeah, they, they go home at night, which is the best part. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So we still have one nine-year-old. There's a good old, you know, nine-ish years before she leaves home. And I, I'm not, I, I, I'll be very, very sad when they leave home. I'm not rushing them out the door. But we're not a three-child family, that's for sure. We're a four-child family. We're a five-child family. Crikey, we could, could not handle it. We've got enough chaos as is. I guess that's it for another week. So, Paul, if people want to get in touch with you and find out what you're working on, where can they get in touch with you? So the website is hackingwithswift.com. I am online, usually as two straws, T-W-O straws, on Twitter, on Reddit, on Blue Sky, on Mastodon, not on TikTok, <laughs> on Instagram, I'm two straws, Stack Overflow, I'm two straws, just not on the one side, I'm not. Uh, and that's usually the best place to find me. Now, are you going to be speaking, get some engagements coming up, or...? I have committed to too many this year, and I regret it, but I said yes and didn't actually add up the numbers very well. So I'm doing a lot of talks this year. It's not great. Uh, I've been in Singapore already. Uh, I've been in Chicago already. I'm at DubDub shortly. I'll be at TriSwift DubDub. I'll be at SwiftConf in Cologne. I'll be at Pragma in uh, Bologna. I'll likely be at the uh, Swift Connection, i.e. French Kit in Paris. I might go somewhere else as well uh, in December. It's a lot. It's more than I'd like to. That's a mistake for me. I'll try and do better next year. Uh, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be around. So you, this is going to come up before WWDC. So you you are going, you mentioned you're going to be on Cupertino in Cupertino for um, the week. Or you, you yes, know. I fly out uh, in four days. I fly out on Wednesday, um, mm -hmm. the thirty first. I arrive Wednesday evening. I have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to get used to the time zone. Then Monday, of course, kicks off. And I fly home Sunday and arrive back Monday. I'm there for twelve nights, maybe. Okay, so if people are around, they can try and contact you and yeah yeah i'll be i'll have be a pizza, special buy, you a, buy you a burrito that's what they do in in california uh, I, I, yeah just everyone seems to keep saying if i meet you i'll buy you a beer i'm like don't do that i'll die if everyone said that's then that yeah. bought me a beer um so i'll be in that for this special event i'll be at the revenue cats barcade event i'll be at ios dev happy hour i'll try and go to the ios comp sg swift stars thing if i can to squeeze that in somehow there's a lot of events i'll be at the breakpoints concert of course on wednesday um there's tiki kit on wednesday as well it's just yeah it's gonna be a very very busy 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 12 days yeah i got my invite i'm a, I'm a conditional breakpoint if i'm if i'm in the area i'm allowed to join the band and and I was tempted, you know, for a minute to sort of <laughs> jump mm -hmm. on a plane and go down. But that would be the only reason to go down for me. Um, all right. My name is Timitra. I'm T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on Twitter Machine and on Mastodon and all the other things. And so until next time, we'll see you in the future. This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the apps, code, and news that we mentioned on the show. If you like the podcast, tell your friends. Please leave a comment on the website, and if you can, please write a review on iTunes. And please recommend us in your favorite podcatcher. All of these things help others find out about the show. We really appreciate your help with spreading the word. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. So use the hashtag AskMTJC. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at MTJC underscore podcast. 
please consider supporting the show by pledging any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. So are you going to be in Toronto at some point in the future? Uh, I think we have uh, Torontoed out, I think, is what I can describe oh, it. We were you, there okay. for... Well, so we were there for 15 days in Canada. Yeah. And we had three full days in Vancouver, plus flights either side. Yeah. And then two nights... Uh, one night, sorry, in Niagara Falls. So what do you think of the Blue Jays and Rogers Stadium? You went to that game. It was very, it was great fun. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I had no idea how baseball worked, what the rules were. <laughs> I was genuinely surprised. It's just nonstop baseball for three hours. Yeah, there's yeah. no, there's no real breaks. There's no like half time period breaks. Just carries on going. Well, there's a seventh inning stretch where they get up and sing "Okay, Blue that- Jays." Yeah. They did, yes. We went to the bathroom for that one <laughs> because we were really <laughs> oh, different really? at that point. Got to go to the mm. bathroom. Um, it was actually quite fun. The kids. But do you know what level great. you were sitting? You seemed to be down, like in the. We were quite. Level. We were quite low. It was super low. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, third and baseline. It, I think that's a good. That's. Pr- like yeah, prime. just behind. Yeah, like maybe three meters to the left of third base. I think. Um, yeah, like from, I was judging. From, I think from the picture you you uh, you posted. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but but yeah, it's, it's I've been to I've been through, through a handful of games, but uh, I went to a playoff game recently, which is nice too. We had so. to do it. We're in we're in you know Canada. We've got to see it all yeah. there. Only, only there yeah. essentially once. Yeah. So we went to see Seattle as well. Which is, is this, is this uh, no, this is Lu- this is Luna, Luna other dog. Okay. She, she oh, looks really? different. <laughs> she, if you say so. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. We went to ice hockey as well. It was great fun. We got lucky that the international women's championship was taking place. Oh, nice. Near Toronto at the time. About about an hour's drive west of Toronto. Maybe yeah, Brampton. I think was Brampton. Uh, something like that. I remember. Sorry, but it wasn't. It wasn't Toronto itself. It was like a, a big stadium to the west. Yeah. Which um, Which team did you see play? We saw Finland and Czechia. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, so international teams. So it's, you know, all the Canada matches are booked ahead of time, right? Of course. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the, the big Canada USA match. We'd, we'd love to see it. Obviously, Canada lost sadly in that one, but um, we'd love to see it. But anyway, seeing international play was great. Having two daughters seeing women play was great. You know, the speed they go, the the aggressive they have, aggressive baby. They're really going for it. You know, they really fight for it. It's good to see. We enjoyed that too. Again, no idea what's going on, but it was good to see. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it uh, you know, I'm obviously I'm a hockey fan. I used to play hockey. There's hockey paraphernalia behind me there but um um yeah i, I really like i like the women's game it's closer to like when when i played i played in non-contact because you know when you're older you don't want to get hit and it's a different game like you know i think like like i maybe they do this in rugby i don't know or or they don't do this in soccer but you know they they take they use their bodies to to impede the the progress of the other players but in the women's game they don't do that they still play very aggressively and they deal do whack each other and all that kind of stuff but it's it's a quite different it's more i don't know it's a pure game but uh it, they've taken out that sort of body contact you know thing that that uh is part one of the elements of the game but yeah well at least you we get to see it. our get to see our sports yeah yeah we enjoyed it and uh it was interesting that there was no quiet time in the game like as soon as play pause, they'd bring out music, they'd bring out adverts, they'd bring out competitions you could take part in. There mm-hmm. wasn't like, like, like in halftime football, you're like, okay, it's halftime, everyone gets out, goes for a walk, gets a drink, goes to the bathroom, chats for a while, comes yeah. back in again. It's like you get breaks and stuff, but no, there was entertainment the entire time. 
Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the hockey stuff, they have, uh, you have the intermissions where they clean the ice between the periods, right? So. Yeah, but then they play music straight away. Even like when they, as soon as they hop, I don't want them to stop, but it stops for some reason for the rule or something. Music, music, pumping, 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 happening. Da, da, da. Okay. The, even it's like yeah. often like, like, but it, 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 like six seconds of music to play sometimes, like really fast, off again. Yeah. Always something yeah. filling your, uh, uh, your, your okay, so here, space. Here. Yeah. Lila, come on. Lila, come on. It's the same time now. Lila, see if you can tell the difference. <laughs> so so there are there are two of them, okay. Can I tell the difference? Wow. It's hard perhaps on a camera. This yeah, I think one zoom, is zoom quality is uh yeah, yeah, yeah. don't slobber on me. She uh Aria is bigger, she's whiter, and she's got a much deeper buck. Luna is uh smaller uh and a bit biscuit colored, a bit of yellow to her face and her back. Whereas Arya is sort of snowy white kind of color. Uh, they're both five and they don't act like it. They act like they're five months old. Uh, Luna still races around like a little baby husky, pulling all the lead where she wants to go. That way is interesting. Pull that way now, now, now. Uh, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> do you walk, you walk them with a the harness, I guess? We do, yeah. We're trying to walk them a lot right now because it's a bank holiday on Monday here. So, a national holiday. Um, it's the end of May holiday basically so everyone has monday monday off work and so we're going to go to wales to do some mountain climbing with the dogs and the last time we were there we had not walked them and they pulled us up and down the mountain aggressively it was it's actually very unpleasant and dangerous this time they have been a massive walk today they're going on a hill walk tomorrow with dog walkers so by the time they come monday they'll be tired I'm like yes, have a nice relaxing walk up the mountain this time, not like a stressful uh, pull up and down, which was not pleasant last time. I don't know. I I I I think you, I think that's wishful thinking on your part. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know. Bring, bring my lecture on Monday. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see. But I'm I'm hoping. I look forward to the posts on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you very much for coming in on the show and regaling us with your thoughts on core data. I've got it. <laughs> no, we'll get some hate, hate mail about that, I think. We'll see. And, and Star Wars hate mail, but we'll see. <laughs> I, mean, I never know. I never know. Well, yeah. Anyway, so thanks thanks again. I'll see you online and we'll be in touch. Thanks for having me. I'll send you the link for like a wee transfer to the uh, local. To the audio. Yeah. Just yeah. in case you haven't got your copy. Okay. Yep. Cool. cool. Yep. Thanks. Take care, Bye. Bye.